1: We have on our panel Mick Wells and Vicky Cundiff, and it was kind of interesting because the last time we were here, we were discussing dreams. In fact, we had two episodes on dreams, and our other panel member, who's usually with us, is Steve Wilson. He wasn't able to be here today. Well, Vicki wasn't able to be here last time, and it's rather interesting that without Vicki even being here last time, she came up with a topic that she would like to discuss, and it's on dreams. Now, it's a little bit different type of dreams. When when Steve was leading the one on dreams, he was talking about our dreams that happen when we are asleep, but uh, we happen to mention that sometimes a dream can be something like a vision that we have for the future, something that we aspire to. And Vicki, that kind of goes right along with what uh, you had for us today in this topic called Dream Big, right?
0: It does very much so, because the, having a dream in the sense of what we're going to talk about today is to have that hope or that ambition, uh, to have an aspiration to do something or to have something or to accomplish something something so that's what we want to talk about today you know i really believe that god wants us to dream big you know about the things in our life and uh, you know he said he came to give us abundant life you know and i know life doesn't always turn out like we want it to so we're not saying that uh but i think that god doesn't want does want us to dream and have ambition and and aspiration uh with things because if we don't we're not going to accomplish much are we <laughs> if we don't have those things And so I think he especially wants us to dream big about spiritual things and building the kingdom of God and to really grasp what we can do in the kingdom of God if we'd actually set our minds to it, you know. And so, Pete, um, I know that you shared with us uh, before about, uh, at least with us personally, um, about a dream that that you had, and I'd like for you to share that with us.
1: Well, I know what you're talking about with the uh, fact that we actually have a Reconciling Grace radio program. Now, I can't say that this was a lifelong dream of mine, but I do know that back, oh, probably 20 or more years ago, um, I used to listen to a radio program regularly that kind of did along the same kind of lines of what we did. It was a little bit different format. I think it was only a 15-minute program, things like that. But I really, really, really not only enjoyed it, But I also got a lot of things out of it spiritually. And even back at that time, I thought that would be kind of a neat thing to be involved in. And when things worked out for me to come on board um, on staff here at uh, Faith and Friends Radio... Honestly, it wasn't something that I even knew I was going to be doing was coming on staff at Faith and Friends Radio. I just thought I was going to be, you know, making a few recordings. And so that when a certain artist's song came up, it might say, here's Michael W. Smith or (laughs) or here's Evie or here's Jordan Feliz, you know, something like that. And that whenever those songs came up, they might play that intro occasionally. I had no idea that it was going to be um, that I was going to be doing these things and actually being the host of the program. So. I did not have a dream to be on the radio. I did not have a dream to do the Horizons program, which is another music program that I host. However, being part of the radio station got me to think about the fact that I'd like to do more than just do music. Because, you know, as an ordained minister, I really would like to get into more of the spoken word. And I thought about another program, kind of maybe along the lines of a Bible study discussion. And it was probably several years in the making, in my thoughts, in my aspirations, but the Lord finally did open up this door for us to have this ministry. And I think we've been doing it a little bit more than a year, maybe about a year and a half now that we've been doing this particular ministry on faith and friends.
0: Yeah, that's great. So you didn't realize you was dreaming big, but it really is was a big dream, you know, or a, or a dream that, you know, came to pass just because you were... You were here, and God put that up on your heart, obviously, and and it came to pass.
1: Right, and one of the challenges for me is the fact that um, we have no idea in radio land, as we like to say, who's listening. You know, with the fact that we're on internet radio, that is such a huge, huge um, potential there. Because literally, at any time, we could be being heard by somebody anywhere in the world billions of people could be listening to us. You know, I'd be happy if there are 10 listening to us. (laughs) But still, there's that potential. And then when Steve uh, got the idea to be able to put these out on podcasts, you don't actually have to always listen right here during this one specific half hour um, on Saturday or one half hour on Sunday. You can go back and listen to these podcasts basically any time. And so these words that we are speaking, these teachings that we are doing these discussions we're having i hope they are being edifying to people and praise the lord he did open up that door for us
0: yeah you know we get to be part of the dream (laughs) but you know speaking for myself uh, along these lines uh, i've been in ministry for a very long time you know i've been um, for 20 years you know and, and worked in the church in very many different aspects. And for my heart, I tried to be open to God when sometimes He would lead me into something, and I'd think, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, and wouldn't yep. think that I could do that, but He would open that up. And so I had no idea that this was a direction that I would get to go in one day and how much I enjoy it. So I think it, it's also being available like when, when God knows your heart and being available to have the heart of God to step into something when that opportunity arose and I, and that's what happened with the, the rest of the three of us for Stephen and Mick and myself but of course you know Mick he's already a star on the radio he's been on at it for a long time
2: I don't <laughs> know Mick, about that
0: <laughs> Mick would you like to share a a dream that was fulfilled and dream you had I
2: don't know if I characterize it as a dream but as far back as I can remember in my semi adult life. You know, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. But (laughs) uh, Way back when, uh, I took an interest in music. In fact, uh, Bob, our recording engineer, and I have been, in some fashion, playing music and recording music together for well over 50 years. And that's before I knew he was going to be my brother-in-law and so forth. But uh, with Bob as my witness, he knows that uh, I tried to... get involved in songwriting. Those were my aspirations, and they weren't necessarily, uh, way back when, driven by a a Christian commitment, but uh, I guess that's the testimony of of my heart, that uh, God took aspirations to write songs, and when I recommitted my life to Jesus Christ uh, in my adult life, (coughs) he rechanneled my interests into writing songs that glorified him. Mm-hmm. I mean I went from secular and and to to Christian and suddenly I didn't mind some of the secular songs that I wrote were harmless some were even categorized as children's songs. Nothing wrong with that, but he refocused my energies and interests in glorifying him with the gifts that he he gave me. And I haven't written so much in recent years, but I think that if you want to call that a dream or a, a driving desire, I, I think the Lord blessed me in that regard because we've had some pretty good outcomes. And one of the best is to hear feedback from people that have been touched by that song. Mm-hmm. They, they listen to the songs a lot, the Christian songs, and they say, that really helped me at this time or another. And so when you recognize that God's using that which he inspired you to, uh, come up with with his help, then it's uh, it's very satisfying.
0: Yeah, it's a great testimony of how God used the desires, the God given desires that's been inside you, but He refocused them. Yeah, you know, for for ministry and doing the work for Him. Can I
1: jump in there with sure. something? Because yeah. um, as you were talking, Mick, it made me realize that if you and I had not both been doing the same similar type of things back in about 1989, I think it was. We would have never met. We would have never met because that's how we met. That's how I got to know some of these people who are now involved with Faith and Friends Radio, including your sister Melody, who was in the music group that you're in, including our um, engineer, Bob, who um, was also, he played the bass guitar and sang as well. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got to know each other. And so... And how did I know to contact Mick Wells about this radio program? So, Vicky, it kind of all works together sometimes.
0: It does. And then you and I know each other from ministry. I was an evangelist for a long time. You came and did a revival with our church. We know each other that way, and you know, Mm -hmm. that's how we became connected to come here too. So, God plans that stuff way off, and we have no Mm -hmm. idea. But I think just having that willing heart, you know, to do what He asks us to do, and that that goes along with. Uh, The next thing I want to say here is just that there are so many good things that we can dream and strive for, things that we can achieve, and God supports those things. He he really does, but I I believe the dream um, that God gives uh, all of us that He wants us to pursue is to share our faith and to win people to Christ, to build the kingdom of God with the means and abilities that He has given us. You know, those desires within us that we've been talking about, they have a purpose, you know, for what God wants us to do in the kingdom. And so I think God wants us to be ambitious uh, and partner with Him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the kind of dream that we're going to talk about today. And so faith is involved in fulfilling our dreams, and Pete, would you read Hebrews 11.1, 1, please?
1: Sure. This version says it this way, it says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see.
0: And so when you think of having a dream, that really means to imagine or foresee something that we can't actually see, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a dream that we have something in our mind, and so we can see the connection that that has with faith. And then to go along with this uh, concerning faith, let's uh, read Matthew seventeen twenty. These are the words of Jesus. Uh, Mick, would you read that, please?
2: Yeah, Jesus said, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed... You will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you.
0: Okay, so we know that a seed is very, very tiny compared to what it grows into. You know, we think of how big a tree gets, especially uh, a plant that ends up producing something, fruit or something, or bushes or whatever that it it might be. It starts off with a little seed, and in this case, he used the example of the mustard seed. Now we all know that we can't literally move a mountain with our faith. So, what do you think Jesus is meaning by this passage of scripture?
1: Well, some,
2: I, I, go ahead. Well, some people think that's hyperbolic. I'm one of the ones that don't think it's hyperbolic, and I wanted to share with you a scripture that speaks to me along those lines. And this is the the doxology I was talking to you about, Vicky. It's from Ephesians chapter three, verses twenty and twenty one where Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Um, Some of the things that I ask for, I'm asking because I know God is able, not because I am. For instance, I don't think that the... uh, Scripture of telling the mountain to move into the sea or whatever, I don't think that that's to be used frivolously or to put on a show or anything for our, from our own perspective. But God clearly shows us in the Scripture that if we ask anything according to his will and faith backing it, faith in the one who is able to do more than we can even dream of— is is a Mick Wells paraphrase of that doxology. We know that he can, and if it's in accordance with his will, we know he is able. I think that's
1: a very important point, because his will is what is important here to the faith. Now, we need to take a quick break for our sponsor, and we will then be right back to talk about this subject on Reconciling Grace. And we're back with reconciling grace talking about dream big we've just been talking about the scripture passage that uh talks about having faith enough to move a mountain and mick wells just gave a great paraphrase of that i think that was a wonderful paraphrase mick oh, so vicki you've been leading the topic so where would you like to go from here
0: well and my own comment on that as you know if you have faith the size of a mustard seed you can tell this mountain move from here to there and it will move nothing will be impossible for you and you know god can move those great obstacles we come up on them in our lives and we all we all come to that great difficulties that come and you know i think that it also means that that god can move those obstacles it seems like a big mountain in front of us it seems like something's happening in life that we can't get over top of and we can't move that mountain ourselves we can't change that problem sometimes ourselves but we know one who can. And it doesn't mean that it may, in order for this obstacle to be overcome or anything, we are not going to be able to do it, but it may not look like we wanted it to when we get over that thing. And uh, it may not be what we wanted it to be, what we thought it could be, what we'd like for it to be, uh, but God will move that mountain, especially if we have that kind of faith that we just, basically what we're doing is we're trusting in Him. We're believing in Him and we're trusting in Him to do what we can't do for ourselves.
1: Vicki, you're a preacher, um, as am I, and Mick, you've probably done some preaching, I believe. Have you ever started out in a message thinking, how am I going to preach on this scripture? How am I going to preach on this subject? And you start out, you finally get this outline. And then about Two-thirds of the way through the message, you're way off the outline, and it's saying something totally different, but it was just the right words that the Lord wanted you to to say. Uh, Again, I'm going with that because you said it's not always what you think it might look like at Mm -hmm. the beginning, but God will use it.
0: Yeah, God can steer us in a different direction sometimes to speak to somebody that really needs to hear something in particular. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Jesus used the example of a seed and what it grows into, And so in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus had been explaining the mysteries of the kingdom of God in parables, and he started with the farmer, and the farmer, of course, is the one who sows the seed. And so that concept with the following parables just continued of this farmer sowing the seed. And so if we think about that, the seed has to be planted, doesn't it, as we go into this uh, next scripture. And so, Pete, would you please read uh, verses 31
1: and 32? He told this parable of the mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and the birds come and make nests in its branches.
0: Okay, so we can look at this parable as meaning to encourage the, the disciples um, about the church age that's coming up, and that it's going to begin with them, then they're s- seemingly insignificant selves you know of who they were um, but it's going to grow into something huge and unstoppable remember the scripture Jesus said uh, he will build his church you know and the gates of hell will not prevail over it and so it it, it does mean that but I think that there's also another uh, meaning of great importance and before we actually get into that I want to add another scripture to that that we discussed from first uh, Corinthians chapter 3 and uh, there were two pastors at work Um the Apostle Paul and also uh, a pastor called uh, Apollos. And Paul started the church there. You know, he was a missionary preacher and he went out and he planted churches as God led him along. And so he had to eventually leave there. And so he planted the seed. He started the church. We can see that. And then Apollos consen- continued uh, the ministry there. And so Paul was writing to this church, the Corinthians. He wrote two letters that we have recorded in the Bible anyway, First and Second Corinthians And so in chapter 3 there in 1 Corinthians, in verses 5 and 9, Mick, would you read uh, what he told the church?
2: Sure. Paul says, Who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting, or who does the watering? What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building, building, planted, watered. God made it grow.
0: So if we can take these two verses together uh, the mustard seed parable, and, and these as well. Uh, what do you think that uh, Paul's trying to say, the Bible's trying to say to us about the growing of Christianity?
1: I believe that it is going to grow. If you plant something, it will grow. You know, I, I don't know how far to take this uh, parable, because every parable breaks down at some point, because when you're talking about the kingdom of God, nothing earthly actually compares with every single thing about the kingdom of God, but it's usually a general principle such as this is. So I don't really think that a mustard seed, for instance, and this is where I'm going with this, does not have a brain. It cannot try to think about, okay, what am I going to turn into here? <laughs> but if it did have a brain, or let's take it this way, let's even take it as a, uh, a caterpillar who goes into a cocoon. I don't think that that caterpillar has any idea that when it goes into this cocoon, it's going to turn out into a butterfly, even though it does have a mind. You know, we don't always know what's going to happen. I believe what we need to do is do what God tells us to do. You know, right in here, Paul says, who is Apollos? Who is Paul in that scripture? um, When you think about it, who are either of them? We don't we don't really know a whole lot about Paul except that he was from the town of Tarsus and he grew up in this in the uh, tradition of of the Jewish faith and became a Pharisee himself. Um, but was he a great man? Some people thought that he wasn't. You know, he even talked about it himself in one of his letters. He says. That uh, you're all talking about me being so bold in my words when I'm writing, but I'm really unimpressive when I'm in in person. And uh, you know, we don't really know about these people. Who was Apollos? We don't know anything about Apollos except for the fact that he's mentioned in the scripture. Who was King David? He was a shepherd boy. You know, he 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 had nothing that would have uh, made anybody look at him. In fact, when when he was anointed king, uh, Samuel who anointed him as king. Um, was thinking that it was going to be one of his brothers because his brothers looked much more impressive. And I believe what this is telling me, uh, I hope it's telling all of us this, I believe what it's telling me is that we might not know the outcome. We might not know exactly what it's going to be, even if we have a goal. But it's not so much that I want to um, have a specific goal in my life, but my, my main goal is to submit to God and let him use me as he will.
0: Yeah. I agree.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, too,
2: uh, this underscores the fact that God has a part for us to play. And I was struck by the, the words of the Scripture here, it's not important who does planting or does watering. But we, he may give us that role. And how we share Christ isn't necessarily uh, prescriptive in, in terms of a formula or something like that. I know people who will go out to street corners and beat people over the head with a Bible, and they think they're, they're doing well. Hopefully, they are if God blesses their intentions. But uh, it may be the example of your life or how you react in times of, of trial, um, how you pray to God when you're facing a, a significant surgery, and that, how you react is apparent to your clo- co workers to see. There's faith in in a God who is able to help and and to heal. But I think uh, we should be praying along with our our dreaming uh, that God would use us in the way that He sees fit, in whatever capacity.
0: I agree. And go along with what you were saying too, Pete, you know, it doesn't matter our significance. You know, when you said, who. He was saying here, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? You know, the disciples seem like unlikely candidates to begin the church and and spread it, you know. And so it just shows us that anyone can fulfill God's will in the kingdom of God, that he lays upon their heart in what they do. And I, I think these verses are so powerful for us to understand that everyone is supposed to work together in unity. Paul said, I planted," because there was conflict there. If you go back into this, there was conflict there some preferred Paul and some preferred Apollos, and he's saying, "Well, who am I and who is he?" You know, and so to look at that and go, you know, "Hey, we're all in this together." You know, some do this, some do this, but it's God who's making it grow. No matter what gifts that we've gotten, we have to contribute. You know, but it's, st- it's still God who is doing that work, and He's the one that calls us to it. And so I agree with you guys. We got to be willing to uh, obey the Holy Spirit and follow Him. What he tells us to do.
1: You know, I'm reminded of a of an old um, illustration where three different people were working in a rock quarry, and one person asked was asked one of the workers, "What are you doing?" And he says, "Well, I'm taking these big boulders and I'm making them into rocks that are a little bit smaller." The you know, second person was asked what are you doing? He says, well, I'm taking these smaller rocks and I'm turning them into brick-shaped objects. And the third person was asked, what are you doing? He says, me? I'm helping to build that beautiful cathedral over there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he had, the, he had the overall picture in mind, even though mm-hmm. his task was one small part. I mean, think about it being, for instance, on an assembly line in a plant that maybe builds automobiles. You know, you might just be putting um, the steering wheel together, but that automobile won't work without that steering wheel. Right. It's the same kind of way it is in the kingdom of God, where we might just have a small part to play, but it's in a, in a big-picture type of idea that our part is needed.
0: Yeah, it's very important uh, what everyone does. You know, the gospel is never meant to be just for us, and sometimes we can get wrapped up in our own lives And forget the fact that we need to be sharing the gospel with other people. It wasn't supposed to just be to enjoy the benefits here on the earth and go to heaven one day and keep it to ourselves. And there's a variety of ways that any one of us uh, can work within the kingdom and spread the gospel of Christ. You know, showing God's love to people, being a help to people, you know, wherever we are, um, helping to set people free physically and and emotionally and ultimately spiritually. I mean, that's the most important freedom we can ever receive. But I think that God wants us to do our part right where we are, where we live our lives with people, who we come in contact with daily or even randomly and being ready to share our faith uh, and for God to open that door to ministry. So use what we have where we are when we get the opportunity. And so if God has placed a dream uh, on our hearts, you know, anyone out there in the audience, uh, then pursue that thing. And, uh, and wait for God to open those doors. But I just I want to close with this. that uh, Harriet Tubman, she said, Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. And, you know, guys, she did her part in actively changing the world. She was born into slavery. She was beaten. She didn't receive an injury from the beating, but she did receive an injury as a slave that affected her the rest of her life. But she escaped. Later she helped her family escape, and then she helped— Uh, Many, many people escaped to freedom as part of the Underground Railroad. And during the Civil War, she worked for the Union Army. She started off as a cook, and that could seem seemingly insignificant, you know. Then she was a nurse, but she became a scout and a spy for the, the Army. And so there was a bounty out on her head, but she continued fearlessly in the cause she believed in. And so she speaks from experience when she says, You have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach the stars to change the world. So she may seem like an unlikely person to accomplish what she did for Christ and others, but she was chosen for it, and she obeyed that call. She pursued it, and she did the, the planting. She let God uh, and the watering other people did, but and she worked with people, but God made that grow. People were delivered, literally set free uh, from slavery, but also spiritually delivered. And so I think that we just need to all need to remember that we need to uh, pursue God's call in our life and, and dream big. And wherever he's placed us, we need to build the kingdom of God.
1: Amen. And big dreams can come about from small acts of obedience. That's true. And that's what we need to do. And Vicki, I want to thank you for sharing that topic today. We are just about running out of time uh, for this episode of Reconciling Grace. So for Vicki Cundiff and for Mick Wells, this is Pete Becky. And I want to thank you for being with us today. And I hope you'll join us again for Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling
0: Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace.